Hello, this is Pastor Trent. I want to welcome you to the Mountain Home Church, the Nazarene Sermon Podcast. We are thrilled that you are tuning in to hear sermons from our ministries here at our church. It is our hope that the Spirit of Christ would be present with you as you listen today. I do want to take just a moment to invite you to reach out and connect with us. On our website, we have a way for you to do just that. You can visit www.mhnazarene.org slash connect and fill out a very brief form. There's a spot to leave contact info, ask questions, and even to request prayer. Also, be sure to indicate that you listen to us through our SoundCloud podcast to let us know where you're listening. May the Lord be with you this day. Grace and peace to you.
that God is one. <laughs> Even the demons believe this, and they tremble with fear. Are you so slow? Do you need to be shown that faith without actions has no value at all? What about Abraham, our father? Wasn't he shown to be righteous through his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? See, his faith was at work along with his actions. In fact, his faith was made complete by his faithful actions. So the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and God regarded him as righteous. What is more, Abraham was called God's friend. So you see that a person is shown to be righteous through faithful actions and not through faith alone. In the same way, wasn't Rahab the prostitute shown to be righteous when she received the messengers as her guests and then sent them on by another road? As the lifeless body is dead, so faith without actions is dead. This is the word of God given to us, the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Please be seated. I have a little question for you. Some of you may relate to this. What is it about goats? Goats. Some people really love their goats. Do any of you have experience with people who love their goats? Some of you love your goats, and I don't mean to offend, and, and, but I just don't understand. I've never, I've never had a goat before. Um, and um, some people get really excited about goats. There's activities you can do with goats now. Have you heard of goat yoga? You have. Okay, I'm not making this up. The internet's not making this up. This is really cool. Goat yoga. Um, goat massage. I don't know why, why goats get involved so prevalently in people's lives. I haven't had this experience. Um, people inviting them into their homes at times and into their lives. Are they cute? Okay. Thank you. Thank you, I think, for this, this brief explanation about goats. Um, there's, another, there's another usage of the term goat, G-O-A-T, kind of all capitalized. Do any of you know this usage of the word goat? Greatest of all time, yes, G-O-A-T, yes, that works, greatest of all time, yes, um, and, and often, at least in, in my realm, sphere, often the conversation around um, like sports stars, um, spectacular sports figures, um, Muhammad Ali in boxing, right, he, he claimed it, I'm the greatest of all time, uh, Michael Jordan in basketball, uh, Wayne Gretzky in hockey, um, I have a name to submit in this realm, and you're going to hopefully crack up about it a little bit. I submit the name of Joey Chestnut. Does anybody know Joey Chestnut? Yeah, there you go. Nice job. Champion of Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest for many years running, okay? Held annually on the 4th of July, so it's time appropriate. You know, just happened this last week. Since the year 2007. Since the year of 2007, Joey has won this competition every year except for one. 2015, he was feeling a little bit off. I don't know. So 2007 till today, every year except for 2015, currently holds the world record of 76 hot dogs eaten in 10 minutes. I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you do that. I have no idea. 
Let me ask you this question, though. What are you the goat of? What are you the goat of? Might sound a little silly. We're not, we're not used to, to kind of pumping ourselves up or bragging about ourselves very much. What are you the greatest of all time at? I am the goat of cross-stitch. You didn't know that, did you? You know, you get the fabric with all the little holes. You get some embroidery floss. You kind of pull them apart so they're the right thickness. Divide all the colors. Get all the strings organized. You have the hoop to stretch out the fabric and the needle. You just up and down. Do I have any to show you? No. I don't have any. No. Have I done any recently? No. I have. I went through this phase in junior high of cross-stitching. How ridiculous do I sound? How can I be the goat of cross-stitch when I don't have any cross-stitches to show you? A, I'm not a great cross-stitcher. I get bored. I run out of patience. B, I don't have any evidence to show you to support these claims of being a cross-stitcher. Okay? I, I don't. I don't. But I can't just declare I'm the greatest of all time cross-stitcher and it come true. It reminds me of, of a line from a show, I Declare Bankruptcy. Does anybody remember that line? Some of you may, may get that. Others of you are like not admitting it, but you get it. James is saying the same thing. James is saying the same thing. You can't just sit and declare, I have faith. I have faith. I'm a, I'm a faith person. How many people in our world, how many people in our society today declare their faith with words and their actions don't inform? Their actions become incongruent with those claims that they make. And as we're thinking about people, I'm left with this question, how many times has that person who's been incongruent in their faith and their actions, how many times has that person been me? One thing I have heard consistently over and over again in my life is, is as, as the generations progress, as we look at, go from baby boomers to baby busters to Gen X to millennials and now to Gen Z, as, as we work our way through the generations of people, the witness of our actions has become so important, so important to the world in which we live. For our young adults and for our teens, they're, they're wanting to see a church and, and, and a body of believers who, who not only say, we're, we're a people of faith, we're, we're a people who love Jesus, we're a people who dive into the Bible and, and read what it has for us and, and allow it to shape our lives. We can say those things. But more and more, the world is looking for people who, whose actions match the words that we say. And when inconsistencies emerge, it drives them away. That they, won't, they don't want to be a part of a church that talks about faith all the time and yet doesn't have the actions of faith that match Interestingly, for, for the younger generation, studies out say now that it's, it's more important than having the, the, the best worship band, having the newest music, having the best preacher, thank goodness, having all the right programs, 
All these things pale in comparison to having a faith that is matched by actions. This is where James kind of takes a hit in his theology. This is kind of where this book has kind of run into some road bumps along the way. That it's too focused on action. That it's too focused on the works side of things. Focused on what you do. But I want to take a look today at what James has for us. James, first of all, gives us two kind of rapid-fire examples. He makes up these scenarios in this book and in this chapter to, to prove a point. The first scenario that he makes up, he talks about a person, a person struggling, a person with no food, no food to eat, no clothing to wear. And his point, his focus is not on that person, but the person who witnesses, the person who sees this person, the, the person who runs across this person who has such apparent an acute need. And, the, and, and this person who sees the person or who sees the person in need um, comes up with these very nice things to say. Go, go in peace, stay warm, not hard on a day like today. Um, have a nice meal. We want to offer you our thoughts and prayers. God bless you. And James says, this isn't enough. This isn't, this isn't what our faith calls to us to. This isn't where we're supposed to go. This isn't supposed to be our response. Instead, James invites us to two, two things. Our, 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 our response is to genuine, our, our, our response to genuine need is embodied involvement. To get involved to be a part of this person's life, to say, what do you need and, and how can I serve you? We get involved when we see need. I think sometimes this, and, and maybe this is just my life, so maybe this is confession hour for me, uh, a lot of times in my life there's, there's just enough to do, right? I'm busy with my projects, I'm busy with the kids, I've got a lot going on, the, the calendar is color-coded and full of things, right? And when I witness someone in need, embodied involvement isn't my first reaction, isn't my go-to. James is like, this doesn't, this doesn't match. This won't do. We need to step up. That's the first thing that James, the, the, my first response to, to James instructions with this person is our call as Christ followers is embodied involvement to get our bodies involved in that situation which is tough amen <laughs> it's, it's difficult it's inconvenient it might cost me something it certainly will cost me time and effort and energy The second thing I love about James' pointing us in this direction is, is the things James doesn't say. When he's describing faithful activity, he says, be involved. When he talks about, uh, give, when he gives an example of what it means to have actions that match our faith. He doesn't say, make sure you don't miss a Sunday. 
Make, make sure you show up to church. Make sure you, you, you worship regularly. Make sure you make it to synagogue. He doesn't say study the scriptures. He doesn't say serve on the church board. He doesn't say make Facebook posts of your favorite verses. All these things that are not bad things. And yet when James really boils it down to the test of how does our faith affect our actions, what's the example that he gives? A person in need. Someone we witness, someone we encounter, someone struggling. And he says, care for them. Feed them. Clothe them. See them. And maybe that's the point. Maybe that's where I've struggled in the past, and maybe that's a bit where you struggle too. To allow yourself to see them. Without it, James says, not the preacher, <laughs> James says, it's dead. It's pointless. It's worthless. That's the first scenario that James gives us, and he gives us two, so we're going to go at it again. Here, here James does it again, another hypothetical situation or person that he creates. He says, he has this kind of conversation with a person and says, you have faith and, and I have action. And, and I think James is just completely frustrated with this attitude and with this idea. For him, it creates this this artificial dichotomy, this separation that doesn't really have to be there. That, that there's one person who, who says, faith is kind of my, my deal. Faith is my gig. This is, this is what I do. And, and there's another person who says, well, I, I'm a little bit more about action. You have faith. I have action. For James, these two don't separate really well. See, there's two, there's two problems. There's two problems with the, the two different sides here, the two different people. Problem one is faith with no works. They, they believe all the right things. They know the theological answers. They can defend their positions. They've got it figured out. They've learned to, to articulate, to, to, to be smart about their answers, to be careful what they say. But when it comes to living it, Eh, you know, that's not really my focus. This person has a tendency to, to come off as arrogant. They have a tendency to, to lack compassion. They have a tendency to be maybe rude, maybe a little argumentative. I've seen people like this that like to hold bullhorns outside of venues and Talk about Jesus a lot. Problem number two is on the other side. People who focus on the action. These people, um, they like to feed the hungry. They, they see the need and they take action. They, they, uh, they're, they're about the, 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 the rhythms of faith. Maybe they, maybe they never miss a Sunday. <laughs> maybe they show up all the time. Maybe they, they adopt all these causes. Maybe they want to save the world. They do a lot of good things and care for the people around them. But 
They don't base these things on a faith in Jesus Christ. They don't say, the reason I stand here, the reason I stand in this gap, the reason why I want to do these things is my deep love for Jesus Christ. I love God who loved me first and died to save my sins. The world has these two people. There's examples of them in many places. And I believe that Jesus Christ would whisper in our ear, not so with you. Let's not, let's not fall on either side. Let's not make the mistake on either end of that spectrum. Because these two things don't have to be separated. There's no necessary dichotomy between the two. It's all artificial. James goes on in this passage and presents a couple of fascinating case studies. Okay, And, and the people that he was talking to would have known these stories. right? He starts with Abraham. Abraham is, is showed righteous by offering his son Isaac on the altar. If you don't know this story, I encourage you to look it up. Genesis chapter 22. You can do that in your own reading. We don't have time to, to jump there this morning. But, but Abraham was instructed to go make a sacrifice as an entirely burned offering. And so he goes and he plans to. But the amazing part of this story is that he wasn't told to bring a ram. He wasn't told to bring an animal sacrifice. Instead, was told to sacrifice his son. And so he and his son pack up the firewood and go up the mountain. And again, you can read all of this in Genesis 22. But, but just before sacrificing his son on the altar, a messenger from God comes and intervenes and stops him and says, do, do not lay your hand on your son. And an animal is provided to make the sacrifice in that story. The second example that James gives is Rahab. Okay, and this story is found in Joshua 2. Again, you can, you can look that up <clears throat> later this week if you want. Two men were sent as spies into this town right at the beginning of Joshua. And, and they come to Rahab, the prostitute's house. And, and, and she invites them in, provides them shelter. And, and, and the city officials had heard, two men, two spies have come into our city and they're planning to destroy us. And so they go to Rahab's house, and she lied. And she says, no, there's no, nobody here. They were here, but they left. She lied and said that they had left when, when in fact, she had hidden them. And, and, and so she distracts the city officials and sends them away. Says, hurry, if you, if, you, if you go that direction, you might be able to catch them. As she talks to the two Israelites, the two people that she had hidden, she pleads for her life and the lives of her family with the men, and they strike a deal with uh, her family. She strikes a deal with, with her to spare her family's life. She's supposed to tie this cord in her window. And what does it say? She was shown to be righteous. There's a few things about Rahab's life that don't appear very righteous. She lied. She's a prostitute. And it says she was shown to be righteous. We have to remember who James's audience is here. 
that he was writing this epistle, writing this letter to the, to the scattered people of Israel, to the diaspora, like Val mentioned last, last week, the people who had, from Israel, kind of been scattered across the Near and Middle East area. And they would know these stories. These are stories from the Old Testament. These are stories that they would have grown up with, stories that they would have been familiar with. They would have known the names of Abraham and Rahab. But can you... But they're stations in life. Uh, The impressions that, that they had of these people were so different. Two more opposite people probably in the Old Testament could not be found, right? One was a man and one was a woman. One was a patriarch, the founder of the Israelite nation, Abraham, who had been called from Ur to come to the promised land, the one who had been promised, I will make you the the father of a great nation. And Rahab was a foreigner. Not even a part of the people of Israel. Foreign blood. Who just happened into this role of protecting these men that had come. One had been revered and and, and lifted up. The other involved in an industry that was necessarily sinful. What does that say? What does that say for James, who's who's making this case that, that our faith and our actions don't have to be separate, that we can marry our faith to our actions? And he uses these two examples. Abraham and Rahab. What does that mean? It means there's no one. It means there's no one, not one single person outside of God's grace. Not one person who can't take the faith that they have, that that believing in who Christ is and Christ's sacrifice for us, they can't also change their lives and live accordingly. I think God wants to reach out to all of us. I think that there's people who say, preacher, you don't, you don't know my life. You don't know where I've been. You don't know what I've seen. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've done. And James is convinced that a person who has faith, a person who sets down and says, I want to follow Christ, can begin to take action in their lives to live as God wants them to live. James says this, that with faith and with action, when the two are aligned together, that we can begin to catch a glimpse of how God wishes to fold us into the vision of how we're meant to live and exist on this planet that we're part of this new creation. We're part of what God wants to do in the world today, not by just having faith and not by just having action. But in the marriage of those two things, we all can become part of the good and new thing that God wishes to do in us. 
and in our homes and in our neighborhoods and mountain homes and in this world. Amen? Regardless of our past, regardless of where we come from. And that gives me great hope. For you and for me, that gives me great hope. I'm going to invite the praise team to come on up. As we close out today, we're going we're gonna to sing one last song. Um, and, I, and I don't know where you, where you see yourself. I don't know where you find yourself today. I know that at different times in my life, there's, there's been times where I probably haven't had that connection, that marriage of faith and action. And that's the invitation today, is to marry those two, to, to align those two exactly where they can be. You know, James James gets in trouble a little bit with with uh, focusing so much on on letting our actions match our faith, whereas Paul is very much you know we are saved by grace through faith. That faith is faith is the key to our salvation. My take is this: I don't think James and Paul are all that different. I don't think James and Paul. I think they'd likely agree. I think if they were to get together, that that they would agree on what it looks like to follow the way, to follow Christ. The way they present it in their letters is largely different. But but here's the reality. There was always meant to be a congruence. There was always meant to to be a congruence between what we believe, what our faith is, and how that faith expresses itself in the actions of our lives. Amen? That they're not meant to be separate. We're not divided persons. We don't have this whole faith side or this whole action side, but the whole person designed to follow Christ in a simple faith that comes to life in the actions of our day today as fully devoted followers of Christ. Amen? May we live that way. Let me pray for us, and then we'll close with the song this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you today for your word. That... Thanks for joining us today on the Mountain Home Church the Nazarene podcast. Don't forget to visit us at mhnazarene.org connect if you'd like to connect with us and have a great week.